0: Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek, And
1: I'm Katina Sawyer. And welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today is a Katina article. What are you going to be telling us about? It is, um, I'm going to be talking about when you help people at work, whether or not that helps you to be in a better mood. So I'm talking to like managers and leaders today about um, the impacts of helping your uh, coworkers with personal issues, which I thought could be relevant because I'm sure there are a lot of people right now who are experiencing a lot of personal feelings and emotions and things like that, and maybe talking to their leaders about them. Um, and so uh, we're going to find out whether that's a good or a bad thing.
0: Yeah, that's, that is that rele- is a very relevant topic. I can't <laughs> speak today, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, when this goes live, we'll be like several weeks into so social distancing and quarantining and we're kind of still sort of on the earlier side right now. Yeah. Um, but people are, I mean, people are struggling figuring out how to manage everything going on with it, whether it's working at home with kids there or, you know, just being scared because you yourself are immunocompromised or somebody you know is, and you're worried. I mean, there's so many things, so many emotions, yeah. so much stress, Um, so I think this is really relevant because we can definitely help each other out and we need to come together to help each other out.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I think a lot of people right now, I mean, you're right. Like we're still on the early side of things and I'm seeing like, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like my lifestyle, even though I like travel a lot. Um, and you know, I do a decent amount of like socializing, whatnot. I feel like I also spend more time, like I already work a lot from home and I, when I'm here on the weekend, I generally just like hang out with Brendan on the weekend. So I feel like we don't feel yet like it's that strange because our daily routine hasn't changed that much, but I can imagine for people who are used to. Both the people living in the house, if there are two people living in the house, like leave in the morning and go to work and come back at the end of the day. And that's your routine. And you um, generally socialize with other people on Friday and Saturday nights. Like this is probably a huge switch. Like we're realizing, I think our lives are just not that um, interactive on a daily basis as much as other people's. Um, But, you know, I could imagine and I'm seeing a lot of people reporting out on social media and whatnot that it's a huge change.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we're the same. Like, we both work at home and, you know, it feels weird to, like, not go to the gym. Like, mm-hmm. and it's been raining a lot. So, you know, being at home and not being able to be quite as active as I would like is weird. But, like, overall, it's not a dramatic change. I totally agree. Like, we do socialize and go out every once in a while, but it's not like an everyday thing. So it just feels like a quiet week, right? Like a week where we haven't had a lot planned. Um, So I think that we do have an easier adjustment and we also have an easier adjustment because we spend so much time together. So we already know what that's like and I know what his work style is like and I know the types of things that he's doing and he knows what I'm doing and we already kind of have a good schedule and plan around how to be together and not be together at the right time. So I think figuring that out, if you do live with somebody else, whether it's a partner or whether it's a roommate can be really challenging.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's sort of similar, like what, uh, what we're experiencing as well is that like, you know, we generally, you know, three days a week, basically I right from home and Brendan works from home every day. Um, and so, you know, those days we spend a lot of time together anyway. I mean, we're working, but we're still like seeing each other very frequently and we kind of know each other's like working styles and patterns and we figured out like space issues and we figured, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, because generally um, running around a lot during weeknights teaching and then like, you know, well all of our standing meetings are in the evening as well so like I have a lot going on during the evenings but it's mostly either like in the house or like limited period of time and then we like hang out afterwards or whatever it doesn't feel that different yet it will feel different I think the longer it goes on because we do see other people on the weekends sometimes and we and also <laughs> like the the um travel cancellations I think will start to like sink in because um, I was supposed to be going to Abu Dhabi next week, which obviously is not happening. And then yeah. I was supposed to go to Boston the next week. And then we were both supposed to see each other in Austin in a couple weeks. Well, we were supposed to see each other in Philly first. And then we were going to see each other in Austin. And then I had another trip planned after that. So I feel like that will all start to kind of set in like, oh, wow. Like I'm home a lot more than usual. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that'll all, all start to take a toll over time. But I feel like there are some people who are experiencing just huge disruptions to their normal schedule and um like right off the bat and that must be super stressful.
0: Right. I totally agree. It's gotta be stressful. And I think by the time that this airs, we will probably be feeling that to some degree because it'll be a few weeks from now. So
1: yeah hopefully hopefully
0: things are okay in a few weeks we'll see And we're not
1: just like making instagram (laughs) stories like screaming into the (laughs) into the phone and like banging our head on things and just like losing all sense of perspective
0: yeah we will see what happens but um we do have good relevant content so that's always good um and i think that we're very lucky from a i mean from a worker being perspective and then our other work as well like we are in situations that are pretty, I mean, I work from all the time. You work from a lot. We have some flexibility there. So I think that's really nice. And obviously with worker being, we've been working across the country this entire time. So even though I don't get to see you, which I'm really sad about, um, in the next few weeks, I am very happy that we can work well
1: together from afar. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. My, my friend was like, yeah all these musicians are doing these like mini concerts and it's so fun and i was like yeah in like three weeks it'll just be like people banging their heads on pianos and just like (laughs) throwing things and screaming (laughs) like
0: they'll be like not as excited yeah yeah
1: yeah because like i mean at that point at this past weekend people have really only been in like quarantine for like a week basically like like mandatory right so Mm -hmm. um a week's not that long. I don't know. No, we'll see. no, it's not.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways, we can't only speculate so much. So hopefully yes. everyone listening is staying healthy, staying safe, staying sane. And yes. uh, let's get into the article then. What's, Sounds good. What's your article? Tell us
1: all the details now. Yes. So um, the article is called Putting Leaders in a Bad Mood, The Affective Costs of Helping Followers with Personal Problems. And it's by Claudiana Linage and Remy Jennings. And it was published in the Journal of Applied Psychology this year in 2020. So it just came out in the last issue. Oh, great. Yes. So um, that's very relevant. New and yes. relevant. Yeah, so I just was thinking that, you know, at this time, everybody, it feels to me at least, everybody is, like, getting on calls in the first, like, you know, several minutes, which is normal, I think, uh, and and important, that the first several minutes is people, like, just, like, debriefing on what's going on. And even though this is, like, a very extreme situation, it, like, got me thinking about, you know, how much kind of – um emotional work people are doing to help other people work through all this and like you know I'm dealing with it with students and things of that nature so it got me thinking when I saw the title of this article like okay when you're in a situation where people are having these kind of personal issues at work and you're managing a group of people who are dealing with all these things what might the impact of managing those things be um Mm -hmm. and so the basic um examination or what they're looking at in this article is specifically around helping people with personal problems, Um, not necessarily helping people with tasks, although um, they do look at the way that task-related helping and personal helping interact within the model. But they're mostly interested in, okay, does it put me in a good mood or a bad mood when I help people with personal things and then what are the factors that help to temper that um that we might be able to learn more about to understand the conditions under which personal helping is better or worse for my mood
0: mm-hmm. interesting okay so what did they find so we're looking at leaders only is
1: that right so it's just yes. leaders that
0: we looked at
1: yes so in this study they uh basically asked leaders to uh rate Uh, in the morning, how positively and negatively they felt. Um, And then in the afternoon, they asked them how much uh, day-to-day or how much uh, help they did during that day with personal problems and how much help they did with task-related problems. Uh, And they tried to relate the... um, spillover effects uh from that afternoon to the next day um but they did actually ask their followers to rate how engaged they thought the leader was on that day to try to see not just the extent to which how you feel when you've helped other people but also like what's the impact on others in terms Mm -hmm. of um how engaged they think you were based on that
0: so just to back up one
1: second why did they pick leaders they talk about that Yeah, so they basically picked leaders because they felt like leaders are the most likely group of people who would feel responsible for helping people work through personal problems and who also people would be more likely to go to with a personal problem. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they felt like a leader population would be uh, more likely to be asked to help generally with getting things done at work, whether it's personal or task related.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I would be curious in the future to see how that relates to coworkers. And I'm sure I'm already thinking of a million reasons why that would be hard because as you already mentioned, not everybody's going to be helping at a peer level and, um, and there's probably some gender things in there and other issues that might come
1: up. Does that come up on the leader side too? Yes, it does. Um, So, and I'll talk about that a little bit because they didn't think that they were going to find, or they didn't set out to find anything with regard to gender, but then they did. Um, Yeah, so, and uh, I think you're right that colleagues definitely help each other with these same sorts of things. I think what they were sort of... arguing was that if it's a colleague you might not feel responsible for actually helping them with it but if it's someone Mm. that you're managing you might feel more like okay even though I really don't want to help this person or I don't feel like this is you know something I have time to dedicate to today that I still have some responsibility because they're I'm their leader so um, I think that's why they were specifically looking at leaders and like affect uh, because the person might feel some kind of responsibility towards helping if they're like responsible for that person.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I totally get where that comes from because you're right, some coworkers may hear personal problems and just be like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> Move on right, with their life. Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so basically what they find is that when you help others with personal problems at work, you actually do get in a worse mood. So people generally don't like to, or they don't feel better helping people to solve personal problems. So Hmm. the general impact is that helping others with personal problems doesn't make people feel better. It makes people have more negative affect, which is interesting. So Um,
0: do they know if it's because... I am feeling upset because of the problem
1: you're dealing with, or I am not enjoying working through this. So they didn't know the rationale for why people felt less in a good mood after helping others. But there were some things that helped to temper that relationship. So when people felt like the helping that they did had a big impact on the person that they helped, they felt a little bit less negatively or significantly less negatively. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not that they didn't feel negative at all, but they felt less negatively um, when they felt like it really helped the other person. Um, And the basic argument that they're making is that like, there's a lot of things that leaders have to do. And so when someone comes to them with a personal problem, they might feel responsibility for having to solve it, but they might also feel like, Oh man, this is taking resources and time away from other things that I have to be doing. Um, And so it may not be uh, something that people are feeling like it's a good use of their time. But if you feel like, okay, but at least it helped the other person. Now I feel like, okay, maybe it was worthwhile because even if it didn't help me get something work-related done, it helped me build that relationship or it truly did help that other person to, um, you know, solve a problem. And I just feel good about that as a person.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So then basically if it's like a really tough problem that you can't actually make an impact on or it's not really some your place to do that then you're going to feel worse than if you're actually able to help them in some way mm-hmm. yes okay so the goal is then if you have if people are coming to you with help it's trying to actually help is probably help better for you than to just hear the problem and kind of half acid, if you will.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, Yeah. And also uh, another takeaway from that is if you are someone who has received help, it's a good thing to let the person know if it's really been helpful to you. Or if you're a leader Mm -hmm. and you're giving help, um, you might also want to ask, like, is this I hope that this was helpful. Was it helpful? Just to give the person the opportunity to give you that feedback because they might not think to tell you um, that they're grateful for the help. But if you know that, it helps to temper some of these effects of feeling um, more negatively affective after providing or taking time to provide help going through a personal problem. That's interesting. OK. So I mean, it's a good tip. It's doing some sort of
0: follow-up. So seeing if they're, mm-hmm. I mean, really as a leader- It could be twofold, right? Seeing if they're okay. Now that you had that conversation, it's not like you just forgot it. So that helps build support as well. Yep. And then it can help you because if they say, yes, it was helpful, then you're going to start to feel better about that time you spent. Yeah, totally.
1: Yep. So basically with that portion of the article, they say, you know, just try to think about the impact, ask about the impact, or if you're on the receiving end of help, try to be courteous and gracious and say this was really helpful to me and you know that might help the person to or might make it more likely that the person will help you work through personal problems again if you truly did find it helpful Um, okay so you said there were a couple things that yes
0: tempered this relationship what else happened yes
1: so another thing is it was particularly it made people feel particularly negatively to offer a lot of personal helping on a day when they also were helping a lot with tasks So if you have a lot on your plate and you're having to help people that you're managing with task-related things and on top of it, people are also asking you to help with personal issues, you feel particularly negatively. So there is like a workload issue going on here where if I'm less busy helping my team with tasks, it bothers me less to help you with something personal. So Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of very intuitive, but uh, another tip is if you're seeking help uh, from somebody then try to pay attention to whether or not they seem really overwhelmed. And maybe if it's not something totally pressing, you might try to approach them on a day when you know their workload is going to be a little bit lighter or on a day when you haven't already asked them to help you with five other things that are related to tasks and now you're asking them to, you know, help you with a personal problem as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And from a leader perspective, you know, if someone comes to you and wants help with a personal problem, if it's something that is able to be shelved. It's not like an immediate need or an urgent need. Um, recognizing if you've already helped people with a lot of task-related things to say, well, maybe we can schedule some time to talk about that tomorrow or on a day that week that you ha- you know that your schedule is a little bit lighter.
0: So I have a couple questions about that. So it makes sense that if you've got a ton going on, this is going to be worse for you. It's going to be much more stressful to try to help somebody with a personal issue. Is it just if you're helping any, if you're just busy from a test perspective, period, it's not like you have asked me to help you with this project. And then now you're telling me a personal problem. It's not like necessarily related to that one person, right? It's just broadly, okay, broadly busy. And then my other question is when they talk about personal problems, are they referring to like actual personal problems? Like I have this issue in my marriage that's outside of work or is it, does it include things like, you know I feel like Susan in IT talks over me in every meeting or something like that
1: yeah so the items are uh, not as specific so the task items are today I help subordinates who asked for my help with difficult assignments today I help subordinates who asked for my help with heavy workloads and today I went out of my way to help subordinates who asked for my help with a work-related problem And the personal helping items are, today I helped by listening to subordinates who came to me because they had to get something off their chest. Today I helped subordinates who came to me with their personal problems and worries. And today I helped by taking an interest in subordinates who asked for my help with personal problems. So it doesn't get into like the specific content, but they are Mm -hmm. clearly distinguishing when they're taking the survey of whether they helped them with something that was work-related or something that seemed more personal in nature.
0: Yeah. So it's however somebody defines it. So if I think that your issue with your peer is personal, then I would say that's personal. If I think if you're coming with um, a home thing and that's what I think is personal. So it just depends on the supervisor. So that makes sense though, Mm -hmm. because it's still as the leader, I am identifying this as a personal issue that is not work-related. And that's what I'm helping with. And it's bad. I feel worse after I help you with it. If I actually make a difference, I feel a little bit better than the Mm -hmm. alternative. But then
1: if I'm really busy, it's like really bad for me. Yes, exactly. OK. Got That's it. That's exactly correct. Got it. Um, there are a couple of other things that are kind of interesting about this paper as well. Okay. So one thing that I think is particularly interesting is that it made a much bigger difference in how negatively you feel when you offer personal help if you're someone who has a lower level of managerial experience. So more experienced managers don't have the same uh, extreme or don't have as extreme a reaction to providing personal help as less experienced managers. So it seems like this is something that you learn to get better at dealing with over time. That's really Um, interesting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it seems as if that uh, building up the uh, ability to be able to cope with um, these kinds of situations actually helps you to be able to not respond as negatively. That is so interesting. So if I have a lot of experience, I've had people come to me with personal issues before,
0: I've figured out how to deal with it, it doesn't make me feel as negative. Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if, and maybe this is something that is also included in the study and that I don't know yet, but I wonder if there's Like a personality component. Like if I'm somebody that's really good at helping people with issues and I'm not experienced, I'd be fine. But Mm -hmm. if I'm somebody that doesn't generally get a lot of... Personal problems brought to me, then it would be really hard, and that's why I need that extra time to learn. Because I'm just thinking of like myself versus my husband. <laughs> yeah, yep. he people don't come to him with personal problems that often, right? Like that's right. just not his thing. People come to me constantly, like con- yeah. constantly um, mm-hmm. at work, outside of work. I feel like people are always coming to me with personal stuff, um, which. I don't mind talking through and I have a lot of experience talking to people about their personal problems. For whatever reason, that's always been a role I've played in a lot of my friendships. Mm -hmm. So like the two of us as new managers
1: would probably be very different. Yeah. Yep. And I think that basically like tenure as a manager is a proxy for experience with helping others, but you probably could like you're saying build up that experience more quickly if you're a person who people go to more frequently um and they have sort of a similar um idea because as i mentioned at the beginning um a finding emerged around gender so you just like brought up differences between you and danny on this so i thought i'd uh add this at this point um women responded more negatively to having to provide high personal helping compared to men. And the reason that they believe that that's true is because women might just be, um, more susceptible to, uh, being asked. So they might be more irritated, <laughs> uh, when they mm. get asked. Um, and so even if they have, even if they have more experience with being asked, uh, or they might have more experience with that, um, Task itself, there may be another thing that could happen, which is that I might just be annoyed that everyone always asks me for help. Um, or women may also be more susceptible to emotional contagion because we're more socialized to like pay attention to people's emotions. So you had mentioned earlier on that it may be the case that you know I I just am upset by what you told me. I it makes me feel upset because the content of what your problem is is more. I get more emotionally wrapped up in the content of what the problem is. Um, mm-hmm. So. I think that on one hand, skill in dealing with it matters, but then there seems to be this other kind of thing that's going on, which is like, yeah, I might have more skill in dealing with it, but over time, if I'm always the person that gets asked, um, or the content of what I'm being asked to deal with is actually very negative, um, it's possible that it could have the opposite effect as well. So they didn't look at how all those things interact with each other. So I'd be interested to see, like, if you're a woman, you get asked more frequently, but it also means that you have more experience. How does, how do those things all interact? But they kind of found that um, frequency of being asked or or amount of times that you would be likely to be asked from a gender and a tenure perspective kind of had different impacts. Hmm. That is so interesting.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I kind of, I can I would I think there's a lot of holes like in terms of not yeah. holes but like a lot of additional new studies that need to ha- come from this because yeah, definitely. I do really want to know what happens with that negative emotion. Why are you feeling that? So not just mm-hmm. that you help and now you're feeling negative, what is the reason? Because I agree like there could be that emotion that's that emotional contagion piece, right? Like I am feeling the way you you feel. I caught that emotion from you, right? Or mm-hmm. it could be That exactly the fact that you were saying, like, the people come to me all the time with this, none of my, maybe I'm a new manager, and I've got other tasks I need to do, and then all of my male coworkers that are peers of mine are not getting the same load of dealing with people's emotional problems, too, or personal problems, or whatever that is. So maybe I'm getting frustrated as a woman, or maybe... I mean, there's so many different reasons why that result could be happening where women are feeling more negative. And I'd be mm-hmm. very curious to know the reasons why they're feeling negative. Is it because of the fact that they're getting this problem brought to them or is it because of the problem itself and how they respond to it and I kind of feel like from a senior leader perspective too like when you're looking at a tenured leader like they might be more experienced with dealing with personal problems but they also may not get the same types of personal problems because now you're in a real situation where you've got power you've got a lot more power Mm -hmm. than like a less tenured manager yeah yeah so being in a power place that could be part of it too like i'm not going to come to you with everything because i'm a little bit nervous about that power um so that could be part of it or you have fewer people generally too right you might have fewer people that are coming to a vp about an issue versus you know a supervisor yeah Um, so you probably have fewer direct reports and you probably have um fewer people that are actually reaching out to you with some of these
1: problems. yeah yeah yeah, I think a lot of this stuff could be linked to other things and like definitely the study could use some follow ups, um, which they mention as well. You also mentioned personality, like maybe certain people are better from a personality standpoint in dealing with this um, than not. But um, generally, it seems like there's something to do with being in a more senior position that makes you feel less negatively about helping. And then there's also mm-hmm. something about being a woman that makes you feel more negatively and. Um, about helping and they can only just sort of like guess why that might be. Yeah. Um, So fascinating. Yeah. But if you, but their takeaways are like, if you want to get help from somebody, it might be good to pick somebody who has not already been helping a bunch of people with tasks, who has more experience and, um, It may just be that, you know, if you go to a guy, they're less likely to be asked. So they're less annoyed or whatever. We don't have anything about the quality of the helping that the person received. So like we don't know that the person that has more tenure is better at helping or that men are better at helping. All we know is that it has less of a negative impact on their personal mood. Um, Mm -hmm. So may just be some things to think about when you're trying to seek somebody to help with a personal problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think it's really good advice and an initial takeaway. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably care about your wellness and you probably care about the wellness of those around you and wanting the organization to function effectively. So going to somebody that's overwhelmed, the personal problem, you know, has a lot of negative consequences on that individual. So maybe you step back and think about who you could talk to that's not the person that's doing all these different tasks, um, or that's newer to a a managerial role, um, and honestly, take a look around you. I mean, I think this is a really important gender concept. Anyways, is like look and see what types of things the men and women are being asked to do, and if you yeah. see that the women are getting a ton of these personal problems, maybe think about trying getting help from somebody else. Um, yeah, give give them a breather. So I think that there's a lot, a lot you can take away from this study, and I'm really excited to see where future research comes because I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that they couldn't you know you can't do it all in one fell swoop and I'm really curious to see how things progress but I think from a person that needs help I think there's a lot of good takeaways and then if you are the leader being asked for help you know like we talked about thinking about really good advice and doing your best to actually get them the help they need and then following up to make sure that you help them will make you feel better and also mm-hmm. seeing if there's any opportunity to To push to a less busy day would help you Yeah,
1: too. Yeah. And then only one more thing that I wanted to bring up because I just think that this is interesting. Um, If you feel compelled, like if someone comes to me with a personal problem, I have to help them at least with regard to the extent to which people who follow you see you as engaged with your work. So they don't know anything about like how well do I think this person performs or how much do I like this person or whatever. But just strictly from the perspective of, like, will people think that I'm not engaged with my job if I decide, you know what, I actually don't feel like helping you? Or, like, <laughs> maybe you should go ask somebody else or whatever. What they found is that people who ha- help with tasks but not with personal things are seen as more engaged than people who help with personal things and tasks or who help with neither. Oh. Um, so it actually doesn't seem to affect the perceptions of people who follow you with regard to at least how engaged they see you as being in your job um, if you help them with personal things. So while there's a lot of other like aspects of how helping people with personal things might change the way they think of you, um, at least in this aspect, there's some reason to believe that it may not be as important to other people in viewing you as an engaged manager, at least, um, for you to take on the burden of helping other people. So, So I think that from a follower perspective, Definitely looking for asking, being respectful in asking for help and thinking about the other person's perspective that you're asking is definitely important. From a leader perspective, if you're also feeling really overwhelmed with your own personal problems at the current time and a lot of other people are coming to you with their personal problems, it may not be the worst thing in the world to just say, you know what, I actually can't help with that. You might want to ask somebody else, at least from that perspective. So if you're feeling like really Hmm. guilty about not having the personal capacity to help everybody that you're managing with their personal problems where you're dealing with your own personal problems, potentially uh, saying no may not be the worst thing, at least with regard to this outcome. That's that's really interesting.
0: Um, another gender question, I think, would come out of that, to be honest. yeah, I'd be yes. curious. But we won't go there today. I think that it's just good to know that you can probably say no if you don't have the capacity and yeah. move back to the work. And You know, obviously think about how you say no. You don't want to be unsupportive as a leader, but if you don't have the time or the ability to deal with it at the moment, you can try to push aside to later or maybe give them a resource of somebody that might be helpful um, since you don't have the capacity. so. Yeah, I think thinking through all of that is really important. But this is so interesting. I yeah. really enjoyed this study. Thank you for sharing, sharing it. Me too.
1: Absolutely. Um, and if anyone has any questions, as always, uh, let us know. I'd be curious to hear how you all are dealing with people that are um, coming to you with personal problems or how you're dealing with trying to seek help with personal problems. This is a crazy time right now. And yeah. Um, You know, I think we're all coping with a lot. So um, it'll be interesting to see how these findings apply now, but also, um, you know, moving forward when hopefully we're in less crazy times and people's personal issues might be a little less uh, severe or out of the ordinary.
0: Yes. Agreed. I am curious to see what other studies come out of this as well. So hopefully we'll have an update in the future with new research answering some of the questions that we had as um, we talked about it, but really interesting takeaways. And we'd love to hear from you, as Katina mentioned, so you can always email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Worker Being, and you can always find us on our website, which is workerbeing.com. And um, also, we are doing some virtual events. Uh, We've got a bunch of stuff going on that we're trying to help people out, give some good content out there during this interesting period of time so you can sign up for an email list um we'll have a link to that in the show notes if you're interested to learn more about what's going on and getting up to date updates from us um, but you can also join our facebook group so our facebook group we um, actually are hosting our first virtual happy hour tomorrow which just very excited about um, but we definitely have conversation going in there so feel free to join us there if you want to want to chat Thank you for listening. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina
1: Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.